0: The Meet for Teacast is brought to you in part by Sonelab, a recording studio in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Offering recording, mixing, and mastering of all styles of music, we even master podcasts. Email info at sonelab.com for more information. That's info at s-o-n-e-l-a-b dot
1: What's the record button? Have we started? We have started. So, this is the Meat for Tea cast. You might always start like that. Who knows? I'm Elizabeth MacDuffie, founding editor of Meat for Tea, the Valley Review, and this is...
0: I'm Mark Allen Miller, sidekick and uh, co-conspirator in Meat for Tea.
1: Yeah, and I'm um, graphic designer and web guy and um, the hats. host of
0: the Circs and a whole bunch of stuff. The hats, there are many. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Meet for Tea cast. Which one is this, Elizabeth? Season three,
1: episode 24. That's right.
0: Season three, episode 24. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Yeah. Thanks for joining us for the Meet for Tea cast. We have a wonderful, interesting conversation with musician, writer, filmmaker. Jason Mezara.
0: Yeah, really 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 cool. Very really
1: delightful.
0: He reads a piece <laughs> that was
1: previously published in Meet for Tea.
0: He's uh, he's a great he's a great musician as well. Beach Honey. He had a band called The Novels. Didn't he also have bourgeois heroes?
1: He had bourgeois oh, yeah. heroes. Yeah. And in this episode he'll be treated to some tracks from his new solo album. Which is available both as a download, or as a CD, or on cassette.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Lime Green Cassette, I believe.
0: <laughs> and it's on all the streaming platforms as well.
1: It's called Strawberry Cactuses, we listened to it last week, and it's fabulous. You'll hear a couple of tracks interspersed with our conversation, and I'm sure you'll agree. It's fantastic. and yeah, it's
0: really great so so good sort of modern retro 60s vibe stuff and he played all of the instruments on it because he's that kind of guy
1: and as you listen to the podcast you'll you'll hear which rooms of his house which worked best for which instrument and i don't know but i think that's fascinating
0: (laughs) when you're listening to this episode you're going to find out that i found found that very fascinating to talk to him about but that's just me you know you know the recording nerd I liked it a lot. Yeah. So, so
1: before we jump into our conversation with Jason... Yeah, we've, Jason, got, a, we've got, a,
0: I got a couple sponsors to hear from, and one of them, one of them is... Uh,
1: one of them is the lovely and charming Sarah McCartney. She was on the podcast a while ago, and if you missed hearing her episode, you should go back and look for it. But she co-authored a fabulous book with Samantha Scriven called the perfume companion the definitive guide to choosing your next scent and it's just it's a stunning book if you've got luca turin's book which i do and that's also a great fragrance lovers the library you're going to need this one too the divide fragrances up into citrus floral soliflores, soft amber herbal woods musk mossy leather oud gourmand pretty marine and concepts I very much appreciate that they don't use the dreaded O word which has classist and racial and colonialist connotations of which I am not fond
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and so they're they're a sponsor and I'm very grateful to them I'm just going to read you a little sample from the floral division and each division is divided into um, subcategories. So in the classic category of the floral division, we have, first up, a scent that was my signature scent when I was a very um, fragrant, snobby 15-year-old. <laughs> L'air du Temps by Nina Ricci. Reawakening of hopes and dreams in the perfumer's Francis Fabron, Created in 1948, the post-war aftershock made the dove-shaped lid a poignant symbol of peace. L'air de Tomp is a fragrance of light and shade, a bittersweet symphony that makes you smile as you discreetly pat away tears, like birdsong after silence. The florals and the aldehydes provide an ultra-feminine accord of Pond's cold cream, roses, jasmine, and dainty orange flowers. Meanwhile, the strong arm base of patchouli vetiver, and deep spicy resins captures the flowers and wraps them in a golden aura of amber it's an ever-changing scent that suits every age group I've smelled it on from me as a teen to my aunt in her 60s this is a scent I am never without so that's a sample of Mm -hmm. the writing and that's Samantha Scriven's writing you get their initials after their entries if you're a lover of words and well composed prose and even one that doesn't give a shit about perfume (laughs) you'll still enjoy this book because the writing is as you just heard glorious
0: yeah so thanks again to
1: thanks again to Sarah McCartney and the perfume companion
0: Wonderful to have them as a supporter.
1: And thanks for putting together this authoritative guide from two experts who really know their way around scent. That's
0: Funmi Fettos, my blurb. And we'll also be hearing from another one of our supporters in just a moment as well. We have a very generous
1: partner to Meet for Tea. We really appreciate them very much because it's through ad support that we day in print so without further ado let me tell you about Sucre Bay. Sucre Bay is perfume made by weirdos like you and they're a cruelty-free women-owned indie perfume and body products company who love making people smell good. Each scent is crafted by hand in their Washington state lab located in the woods and Honestly, I don't know where else you can find fragrances with names like Sea Hag, Don't Panic, Siren Song, Goth As Fuck. Those are just a few of their best sellers. So great. They have all sorts of other things to bath care products. And also they, they partner with a lot of interesting people, including our friend Sarah McCartney of 4160 Tuesdays Sucre Bay. Is one of the few places in the states you can get yourself some forty-one sixty Tuesdays fragrances.
0: Yes, so head on over to sucrebay.com, check out their wares, and we thank them check for
1: the show notes for the proper spelling.
0: Mm-hmm. And thank you very, very or much. I do it on
1: now? Oh yeah, you know what? How's it spelled? Yeah. So if you just go to dot com, that'll get you there.
0: Yeah. We really appreciate their support. Thank you so much, Sucrabe.
1: Thank you so much, Sucrabe. We love you.
0: And then. But now.
1: Meanwhile, as Stephen Colbert would say. Meanwhile. Meanwhile.
0: Meanwhile. I think we should talk right into our episode with Jason a nice conversation what do you think
1: yeah let's just jump right on that
0: all right then here is elizabeth's and my conversation with one lovely jason Zada.
2: How are you? I
1: guess I should formally welcome Jason Mazzata to the Meet for Tea Cast. Musician, writer, filmmaker, a true renaissance man. <laughs> yes.
2: Amateur dancer.
1: Amateur dancer? What what style of dance are you amateuring in?
2: Just freestyle. Freestyle. Ooh.
1: Freestyle's a good style.
2: Breaking and popping.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 and I, I think I've published you at least twice in Meat for Tea. I went looking on a website. I found you in the Bard issue for sure, and I didn't find the other one. But I know I've published you another time in Meat for Tea.
2: Yeah, I, I actually um, you know, in, in preparation. I grabbed my volumes out and and dug out the issues. So there's two. Yep. There's at least two. So I have one I have one here. I'm all bookmarked. So what are you guys up to tonight? We just finished eating
1: Panzanella with my homemade sourdough bread and heirloom tomatoes from some farmer friends of ours. And we're oh, wow. up to talking to you. And yeah. then we're probably up to some what we do in the shadows, our favorite series currently oh
2: i love that show do you isn't it so so great yeah yeah i love it do you guys know about toast have you watched that at all yes
1: we did we watched toast (gasps) oh It's, it's the same actor right 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 we watched all of toast
0: well, wow, we're skipping yeah. right to the end with this one.
1: And snuff box full. Well, no, we're not. Don't <laughs> don't spoil things for our listeners.
0: <laughs> I think I think the if end
1: will still be the end.
0: If anybody if anybody listens to me for Tcast Cast, they know what I'm talking about. No,
1: it seems like anything that um Jermaine I'm forgetting his last name now because I got all busy trying to figure out Clement. It. Yeah. It seems like anything he's got a hand in is just the perfect humor. It just hits me. Absolutely right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have, Me too. Have you
1: done um Hopefully. This Flag Means Death? Yes. Yes. Isn't yes. that so
2: wonderful? I yeah, I loved it. It was surprisingly emotional. I didn't know that was gonna be it seemed like it was just gonna be straight up silliness. And then no, there was a lot more to it.
1: It's moving. You start yeah. to really care for Blackbeard.
2: Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course.
1: And he's such an empathetic character. So you've got two issues handy. Which ones was it? It was a Bard issue, and what was the other one?
2: The other one is, well, I can give you my uh, catalog number here. It's uh, volume 13, issue one Ham. Ham, okay. Of oh, the
1: Ham issue, right?
2: Oh, Oh, yeah.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. That cover. That was great.
2: It's
0: beautiful.
1: And Beach Honey has played. At least one physical circ, and you were part of one virtual circ.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right.
2: yeah, I, I, I want to say we played two in-person shows, but um, that sounds right to me. I might, I might, I, I might be, I might be wrong, but um, and we enjoyed, definitely enjoyed being there. It was super fun. Oh, they're so fun. They're so fun. If you're
0: ever out this way, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, you've <laughs> the, got
1: a standing invite.
0: Yeah, if the time if the timing works out and you're out this way and you want to do something for for another one, we'll, we definitely should do that.
2: Yeah, I've been looking at some flights actually, so oh. I'll keep you I'll keep you posted. Yay! For, for a particular reason that you'd be coming back out just to visit, or yeah, yeah, because um, both of our families are over in the on the East Coast, so we try to. Right. Yeah. Get get back as much as we can.
1: How's La La Land treating you?
2: <laughs> okay, I mean we're not we're not in La La Land per se. We're um we're down uh in Riverside, which oh, is Oh um, okay. Yeah. It's which which is not really a river. It's it's very dry, it's very desert-like.
1: It is. No, I'm um, familiar. Yeah. I actually spent a, a good chunk of my youth in San Diego, so
2: I love Pretty San Diego. That's that. San Diego's like heaven on earth, I think. But I've I've only really visited. I haven't I I must not have spent as much time as you, but when I've gone, I've loved it. Yeah, you know, I lived there for 8 years. I was there doing
1: kind of the beginnings of the rise and the peak and then the decrescendo of the whole SoCal punk rock movement.
2: Right. Nice. So,
1: yeah, attending anarchy picnics and dating the roadie for Battalion of Saints and drinking Meister Brows backstage with suicidal tendencies, and as one does, you know, <laughs> just, just the usual.
0: <laughs> Is there such a thing as post-FOMO? Because I'm having post-FOMO.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Most people I tell about hanging out with Battalion of Saints say, it's lucky I'm alive to talk about it.
2: You just narrowly that, escaped... There was
1: some heavy consumption, was it just garbage bags full of nitrous oxide?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, my trips to san diego have been have been more tame. It's like, um, go to a cocktail bar, maybe go to the zoo, <laughs> take a stroll through Balboa Park, which is always lovely. Yeah, yeah,
0: I've never been, boy, you know I've, I've been to l a once. And it was cool. actually, it was a lot it was a lot nicer than I thought it would be. I expected this sort of bleak wasteland. no. but but aside from that, I've never been in California at all. And every time somebody talks about San Diego, it's like, oh, that's work. I gotta go there.
1: I mean, i I have this sort of punk rock snobbery where I feel like it it was cool. And then when all the indie bookstores went away and all the faggy, punky neighborhoods became chic and got taken over by yuppies and the whole landscape changed. It was, to me, no longer cool. So that's that's my snobbery about
2: the place. <laughs> you
0: were there then. Mm-hmm. You were there when.
2: <laughs> the last time I was down in San Diego, I found this incredible record store called yeah. Soul Shack Records. Um, nice. Nice. That might be a new addition. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, I mean, I'm not sure how long they've been there, but it seems like it's kind of new. But um, I'm actually going down there on Saturday, so I'm going to try to hit that place up. Nice. While I'm there.
0: Mm-hmm. Bring a little spending money and just flip through the b I I love that. Flipping through the bins.
1: It's
2: so much fun. Yeah. There's nothing like that.
0: Yeah, well, it's so much different than than you know. I mean, now with the internet, you know, and discogs and eBay and Amazon and blah blah blah, you could, and and there's a ton of other actually indie you know indie stores online too. But you can pretty much go and find anything you want. You know, never mind the price, of course, because sometimes the prices are outrageous. But you can pretty much find anything that you want. But the lost is that thrill of flipping through the bins and just running across something and going. Oh, I didn't even realize I wanted that, but I really want that.
2: Right, or just being surprised, or yeah, just be, you yeah, know, this, this looks this looks very interesting. I have no idea what it is, but I think I'm going to take a chance on it.
1: The discovery.
2: Yeah, and you know, and uh,
0: I mean, that's how I grew up. I, I one of my earliest memories was visiting my grandparents in Burlington, Vermont. I was probably about 11 years old, and. They only lived about three or four blocks from the center of town but still at 11 years old i was allowed to walk by myself to downtown and there was this cool indie record store and i'd walk in and i'd just pull stuff out of the stacks that looked cool it was like three dollars two dollars and i got my first xtc record that way which one english settlement nice so there might have been 82 but regardless i mean, have 12 but i just saw it and said this looks cool I'm going to take a chance on it and brought it back and put it on the, the stereo with the headphones at my grandparents' house and immediately went, oh, wow, did I ever score? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, started a lifelong fixation with that band. But that was so great, just walking in there and going, oh, this looks cool, sure, three bucks, why not? Yeah, it's one of my
2: favorite things to do.
1: Oh, it's it's, it's the best thing to do. my My son flew us out to Seattle to watch his kids while he was away on business. Where did he have to travel? Was was that when he was traveling to Korea?
0: No, I'm not sure where he was, but it wasn't Korea at that time.
1: It was someplace remote. He's, he's such a jet setter. Anyway, there's so many, there's Daybreak Records, there's so many cool record stores in Seattle, and we just went crazy. We went so crazy record shopping that we just shipped a bunch home. Because our luggage would never have made it <laughs> past, like the weight.
2: <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. You stop by the post office and you just, yeah, you, you, you media mail the stuff to yourself. hmm <laughs> Yep. And you pretty. get home and there's huge packages
1: of vinyl to unpack and put away. <laughs> the joys of vinyl collecting. So, Jason, you're not doing Beach Honey so much right now, but you've got a
2: new project. New solo record. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean Beach Honey is still alive but we're just um you know we're dragging our feet a little bit recording mm-hmm. wise. So yeah, uh, I put out a solo thing in January and I did something that I've kind of been wanting to do since I was a teenager and make an album where I just play all the stuff myself mm-hmm. and sing all the stuff um just when I was I think when I was maybe 12 or 13 my mom happened to like go to a tag sale, and just said, "Oh, you know, you, uh, they had a couple Beatles albums at this uh, place I went, and they weren't—they were solo Beatles albums. One was John Lennon's Imagine, and mm. the other was uh, the first McCartney album. And uh, both of those albums, I guess, are still among my favorite records. Period. But the McCartney one—I'm looking at the the back." you know, and it says like all, you know, all voices and instruments by Paul and, you know, or in backing vocals by Linda. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy to do that yeah. all on your own like that. And like, what is, how do you, how do you even do that? You know, I couldn't fathom like, so it's just been in the back of my mind for a while. And then just being at home so much, I finally gave it a shot.
0: Well, I have to say quite successfully, cause we, we, we listened to the whole thing in one fell swoop the other night and so
1: good. It's, re- so good.
0: it's really good. Yeah. Thank you. Drop, Thanks a lot. Drop
1: the title and the name of the project, everything here. So our eager listeners.
2: Yeah. So I've been recording for a while, um, with like a, a fake name. The artist is Jason Bourgeois. Um, oh yeah. Yeah.
1: We know that. Yeah,
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think
1: Jason Bourgeois wrote a, review for this podcast. <laughs> he might have. <laughs> I think he did.
0: I, okay. I mean, might, he, just, he, might, he might have. Oh, I don't know. Well, oh If he didn't,
1: tell him to.
2: Yeah. I'll let him know if he didn't, but I think he did. Yeah, yeah. I, he, Send
1: him a memo. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: and the album is called Strawberry Cactuses. So that's the, right. the title of it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's you know, a 10-song album. It, it's it's very short. It's kind of like album length of of uh, you know sixties uh, yeah. records yeah. where it's like it's like it's like it's like thirty one minutes long or thirty two minutes long. That's great. Short though. and sweet. Yeah, it's kind of perfect. I had some other tunes that got elbowed, but um, I felt ten was was good in the end.
0: Yeah. Well, you you've always got you know you can do the the second album where. Uh, or the you know the box set down the road or whatever
2: <laughs> the, re- the, <laughs> yeah, the the reissue yeah the deluxe reissue
0: yeah no it was it was it was really it was really a remarkable um, record and I I did kind of figure that you'd played everything
2: on it but to you're hear like, you you're that, like those you're yeah, like yeah yeah yeah. You're like those drums sound really shitty. That must, that can't be a drummer. <laughs> no, that's probably Jason. <laughs>
1: that's, that's definitely not Marchese. <laughs> you
2: know, no, but, definitely know, not. Yeah, but,
0: but no, I, I I thought it was really successful sonically, performance wise. I did too. Really I really tight. enjoyed it. Um, I was kind of curious to say, yeah, to to ask about like, were those drums actually recorded? You know, were those acoustic drums recorded like at home?
2: yeah, so everything was done in our house out here. Um, one song, uh, one of the songs I had started many years ago at a different place, but everything else was just done where we are now. And most I kind of used every room in the house just for various things like cert, you know certain rooms just sounded better for certain things. Sure. But, yeah. yeah, the, the drums were just done in our living room. Oh nice and and because i'm not a very good drummer there are some songs where for well there's two reasons to do this one i don't have a lot of mics so sometimes i'd go you know what i really want the snare to cut through so i'm going to just play the snare on its own and then go back sure. and you know add the other other things but then <clears throat> yeah some cases it would just be like i physically can't play this part but i know what i want so i would do it in little pieces but sure sure so there's there's probably like that that method's probably Like forty percent, and then the other bits. It's just I'm, you know, playing the full kit and just trying to get a nice room sound. Yeah, well, no, it worked.
0: It worked great. No, that method of doing the individual drums. um, I don't know if you know uh, my old friend Tom Monahan, who's out in uh, Silver Lake, I think. Now, but he used to be an. American I don't
2: know team. him personally, but I I know I know I definitely know things he's worked on for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean vetiver and lilies. Lil, and...
2: Yeah, I'm a I'm a lilies guy for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, well, he was part of that band for a while, but he 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 had this term for those kinds of drums. He called the monkey drums. And Fuji. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's right. he did he did a Fuji and Miyagi record, which I was so so jealous of. Um, but yeah, nice. he called the monkey drums because he said, just imagine winding up the monkey.
2: Yeah. You know, the monkey with
0: a cymbal. Yeah. Just ching ching ching. So so monkey drums, which which became a, a kind of one of our one of our catchphrases for doing a drum overdub was like, Oh, we can just monkey
2: drums that. That that visual totally makes sense to me. I mean that that sums it up. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I and mean, I've heard people like monkey drums, that sounds kind of offensive. It's like no, it's the wind up monkey. Come on. Come on, people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. <laughs>
1: there's there's nothing racial intended.
0: No, not at all. But I, I, I've had at least two people go. What do you mean? And saying, "Oh, come on, it's the toy."
2: I saw one of those at a at a thrift shop, and I almost bought it. I how did you resist? Oh.
1: <sighs> that would have been on I, my shelves.
2: It it probably I resisted. Well, the 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 resistance probably came from having nothing in my wallet. <laughs> oh, that yeah. helps. But, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm yeah, really helps. good
1: at not buying things when there's nothing in my wallet. Yeah, <laughs> it's yes. amazing how that works.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm sure I'll see another
0: one someday. I, I'm sure you could go on the A to Z website if you know what I mean and find one, but it's more fun mm-hmm. to
1: stumble yeah. across one like exactly at a tag sale. Well, that's how I
0: prefer to get it too,
1: or at a thrift store. More of that thrill of discovery. So I'm curious. So the the living room was good for the drum sound. Walk us around your house and what instruments happened <laughs> where in your album? Because I'm backing, curious.
0: Backing vocals in the bathroom. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to put well, place my money on that right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, there was there's one song where I wanted um, kind of a uh, I don't know how to describe it because it's not really reverb, but kind of just like a. Airy kind of vocal. I did. I, I put the mic in the bathtub, and then stood away oh, from cool. it and saying and saying and sang really loud. Um, I, I did that. Yeah. Um, we have a guest room. Did some guitars in there. In the dining room, did some vocals where I put the mic against this wall. For some reason, there was a cool sound there. Yeah, vocals in the bedroom closet for kind of more like intimate. Sounds. You know, I, now that I think about it, I didn't use the kitchen. I can't think of anything where the kitchen made an appearance. I get that, though, because that could lead to a lot of
1: brightness with all the refrigerators, stove,
2: Refrigerator buzzing, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, yeah the, never mind. The, never and mind interference
1: the, noises, too. Yeah, yeah. Ne- yeah,
0: never mind the background noise from the appliances. but But the... It's just the metal. Kitchens tend to be the most ambient room in anybody's house very, very live. There's usually, you know, there's no carpet. There's a lot of hard surfaces, a lot of flat surfaces. And we've actually, when we've had podcast guests on, I've actually encouraged people like, don't sit in your kitchen,
2: please, (laughs) whatever you do, because we're going to hear, we're going to hear that room. If I was recording in the kitchen, you know, I'd probably end up like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I'm just eating pretzels. And I'm, you know, there's, there's no recording. (laughs) (laughs) happening.
0: So <laughs> I, I will I will suggest actually if you want a really bright sort of ringy chimey acoustic guitar sound use your kitchen and place the mic pointing directly at yourself but about three feet back you know as an overdub like not the principal rhythm guitar but like say you want to get some sort of bright chimey thing the 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 natural ambience of a kitchen and acoustic guitar can almost always just give you that automatically, particularly if you compress it a little. Hey, for TCast listeners, we're going
2: techno audio. <laughs> I just wrote that down. I've got it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. When has anyone ever gotten a Sonic house tour? I mean, I know, that's, that's I a special thing for our listeners. I, I'm down with their nerdiness and the Sonic house tour.
2: Oh, well, I was just going to say the other nice thing about recording in my house is that Annie, uh, the other half of Beach Honey lives in my house mm-hmm. and she's a great singer and, um, she really understands, she really understands harmony. Yeah. She's like, she, so she would, she helped me a lot with coming up with cool harmony ideas and like, and also nice. I'd be like, is this in, is this in tune? Like kind of sounds weird. And she'd say, no, it's not do it again. So, <laughs> Oh, so co-production? That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, it's a co-produced album. That's terrific. I, I ran everything by her. I'm like, is this is this guitar part alright? Or Is it is it corny? Is it is it fun? Is it? Are you afraid of it? She'd say, <laughs> she'd say, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> but very do nicely.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's great. Oh, so cool. Well,
0: part of the house tour question is, have you used a well stocked closet as a very dead vocal booth. Yes. Ah, yes. A lot of yeah.
1: podcasters sit in their closets to record.
0: Yeah. It it's a great way to get a really dry dry vocal. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: I don't know how we would make it work in our closets. <laughs> The, we, we, the mics we, would like be on the floor and we'd be like...
0: I'm not even sure if we could both yeah. fit in the closet and like be able to breathe <laughs> well,
1: enough my, air. My ass isn't that wide. Our,
0: our closets aren't <laughs> very big.
1: We just have to clear them out, but you don't want to clear them out too much because you want the clothes and they're making the deadness.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think...
1: It'd be a pain in the B.
2: We're, we're in our dining room.
0: And we put up, I put, you know, when I'm editing this, I put up with a bit of the ambience and it's fine. It's it's.
2: There are, there are high production values on this podcast, so whatever you're doing is working.
1: Uh, thanks so much. Oh, thanks. I guess you're our after dinner guest. This is, I, this is selfishly, I think we do a lot of this just so we can catch up with friends we haven't seen for a while.
2: <laughs> and it has been a while. Yeah.
1: That's... It's been ages. It's been so long. When are when you thinking about looking at flights
2: um, August or September, I think.
1: Well, um, let me add some fuel to that fire. We have a Cirque September 10th.
2: Oh, okay. The first down.
0: one we're doing at the studio actually since, um, since the shutdown. We've done the past, I don't know what, four or five? At
1: uh, Abandoned Building Brewery. Yeah, at the brewery. because of COVID and there being more square footage to keep bodies spaced
2: spread everybody out yeah
0: yeah yeah but i think we're we're i mean unless unless the the new variant like really gets its teeth into the world in in the next like you know six weeks or eight weeks um we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to the to the studio
1: we've actually got steve schmeltz from curious buddies coming out oh my goodness i don't know if he's going to be billing himself as curious buddies i'll find out i've i've Tapped him to design the poster because he's a really good graphic designer. And then I don't know if you heard, maybe you did. Um, there's a new kind of local super group called Outro with um, two members formerly of the Mobius band Noam Shots.
2: I know, uh, yeah, I know him.
1: Yeah, and Peter Sachs.
2: Yeah, Peter Sachs and Noam.
1: And then there's um, Josh Levi doing uh, lead vocals. Yep. And I forget the other fellow's name. Sorry, other fellow.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll,
1: we'll put your name in the show notes. It's,
0: it's on the tip of my tongue. We'll, we'll look it up. But
1: they're the other bands, so it's Curious Buddies and Outro.
2: Nice. Yeah, I used to play with Curious Buddies all the time um, back yeah, in the day. I recall. I remember, you know, doing some things where Steve would jump up and sing background vocals with my old group, uh, the novels, and we would do the same. Oh, Yes.
1: I remember the novels. I loved the novels. Me too. To my regret, I don't think I ever (laughs) got the novels on a circ.
2: No. Yeah, I don't don't think think we – I don't know if we existed. Unless there
1: was one at the 11s. But I don't think I got the novels on a circ. I remember almost everyone
2: who played. We might have have kind of fizzled out before that, but I'm not sure. I'm not good with dates
1: just for a an arts and literary journal a band called the novels is just such a no-brainer <laughs> good fit
2: <laughs> i feel like we were probably hard to google you know you'd be like novels northampton and then it would be like bookstore links you know it's hard to google marks project oh,
1: out out gives terrible google
2: oh, yeah. i can imagine yeah <laughs> well, well, yeah, up- I picked
0: the name in 1989, and the concept of search engine was, uh, you know, non-existent. Non-existent. Yeah, it was basically really remote. I mean, back then there was the the, you know, actually right. going back yeah, to the- right. Google right. that right.
1: <laughs> terrible <laughs> SEO. <laughs>
0: yeah, the early 80s though existed, and so I was like, oh well, yeah, out out, that's cool. And, well, also
1: there's the Robert Frost and well, Lady
2: Macbeth, and
0: yeah, that, that wasn't my inspiration for the band name, but but it was sort of a justification of like, yeah, I can use that. Uh,
2: well, one thing that kind of got my uh, solo career a little little um, harder to search for it is that there was a guy, maybe eight years ago or so, made the major leagues uh, a baseball player with the same name. So if you were to real? like search 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 for Jason Bourgeois, you know, it, it has this guy's batting average <laughs> and all that. No way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it was just funny because it's, you know, I think you probably have to dig a little deeper to find my stuff. That's hilarious. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's going to bump you down in the Google search rankings. Well, with me, you know, I use my full name, Mark Allen Miller, for for recording.
1: Of which there are a few. There
0: are several, including um, a very, very famous screenwriter. And for some reason, probably because he's a very famous screenwriter, and I did have an IMDB listing for not IMDB. Yes, IMDB. I had an IMDB listing for one consulting gig I did for The Simpsons. And okay. so it was a nice little credit.
2: So you're like Mark Allen Miller too. Yeah, right? the thing
0: is is I don't even exist on IMDB anymore. Uh, it just I just got removed. And you know, of course, he's. I think he's done a whole bunch of like horror films and stuff. But he's a, a really famous screenwriter.
2: And so, yes, yeah, sir. Can I hear about this Simps- this Simpsons gig a little bit? Are you allowed? Oh to- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. It, or do you was, have any um,
0: desire to share that? It was the songs in the key of Springfield, uh, the first C- audio CD. they Yeah. Did. I, and they wanted to do a promo. Yeah, I bought. I bought that at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. I love that album. They wanted to do a promotional single, and. Um, well, I can name names here. Uh, our our friend Jim Neal, who of course now is is famous for Jim Neal's jukebox on WRSI here in Northampton, but he was working for Rhino Records at the time, and he he's an old friend going back to when I was in middle school, and he was in college. Um, that's another story. But <clears throat> excuse me. But he uh, reached out to me. Probably I don't know. It was ninety four and said, hey, we want to do this special promotional single to accompany the record, and we want to do a like a, a techno-electronica drum and bass kind <laughs> of remix of the Simpsons theme utilizing samples from the show and all that, and gave me carte blanche to just sort of come up with something. So I, I did this cr- really crazy, wild, super hyper mashup of, of the original theme song recording sampled and looped and all that with a bunch of samples and a bunch of other instrumentation and that was my demo which then get passed off to some big name producer electronica dance music guy who did a watered down version of it which ended up on the actual promotional CD so my version has never been released which is fine I mean it was a demo and it was just recorded in my home studio at the time but I still got credit. So that was cool. <laughs> and, I would and
2: love to hear that if, if you if you have it. You know, I uh, do
0: have it and I will, I, I think I can put my, lay my hands on it and I will send it to you if I can do that. But I think I also might put it up for people who are listening to the podcast. I might share it. With a Dropbox or
2: something. Oh yeah.
0: Because there's no real harm in in me sharing it. I'm not making any money off it or anything. It was endorsed
2: we'll by. Well, I'll sign NDAs for for <laughs> uh, <you>
0: know, <laughs> sure. c- c- clicking that link. The the one bit of payment I did I did get you know I did get some money. I had a budget to rent some equipment oh, and all that, so. but but I did get a limited edition uh, animation cell of the um, one of the opening couch scenes with all of them on the couch. Oh that's, wow. That's still hanging here in the house it's
1: hanging in the bedroom that Sebastians oh, visiting that,
0: so that was pretty cool that's well, it beautiful. Was free, came
2: came framed and everything and it,
0: you know it's wonderful
2: that's so cool that that album has one of my favorite Simpsons songs on it uh, see my vest uh, yes song s- sung by Monty burns right yes
1: I owned that <laughs> too I owned that on cassette I believe
2: was it made, made of real monkey chest
0: or something mm-hmm. yes <laughs> Yes, very very wonderful record that was. The the, the, the the Simpsons sing the blues, and the other follow-ups didn't quite have the magic of that one.
1: I think that's the only one I bothered to add to my collection, actually.
2: Yeah, a lot of hits on that one. Uh, like, Be prepared—is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah, uh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, that was that was the well that was the golden age of The Simpsons. So anyway, that was my IMDb listing, which is now non-existent because somebody probably you know, in his in his camp went, who's this other Mark Allen Miller and why does he have one listing, so take him down.
2: It might be there somewhere, just, you know, a little uh, hidden. I mean, I
0: did a vanity search, uh, I don't know, about a year ago and it wasn't there, so I was like, oh, never mind.
2: Of course, neither
1: ah. one of us has. Meet for Tea doesn't have a Wikipedia listing. Sone Lab doesn't have a Wikipedia listing. We don't exist on Wikipedia. Really? I've I've had, that's
0: that's I've bizarre. Had, I've, had Wikipedia, I've had Wikipedia listings three times Not created by me, because those are the rules. You don't create them yourself. Not created actually by anybody I knew. And all three got taken down because of like inaccurate information or whatever, because they were basically cutting and pasting from some weird, you know, website or something and just creating the listing. So I've existed in Wikipedia for a hot second three times.
1: I mean, I'm not (laughs) sure I don't have a Wikipedia listing, but last time I checked, I didn't. I shouldn't task someone with making one. It's kind of crazy that Meet for Tea has been around for over 16 years and there's no no Wikipedia presence. Yeah, you got to get thing. on there.
2: I don't think I'm on there either, but I haven't looked. Maybe it's a good
1: exclusive club to which we belong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the non-existent credit club.
1: So I'm curious um, which came first or did they come at the same time Doing music or writing fiction:
2: Music, for sure. Um, I, I haven't really done a lot of fiction. Um, that's something I've been kind of getting into a little bit more lately. Um, but I, I think that the things that I've submitted to the, the meet for, for Meat for tea have been just kind of like an exercise to see if I can like write a piece, and the stuff that I've sent in is, have usually been little comedy bits, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Love I love mean, them I, so much. I, I've done, I, I, I did a little bit of fiction, like I've, I wrote a few short stories a while back and kind of didn't get anywhere with them, but I actually started taking some classes at the uh, um, UCLA Extension recently, just to kind of like, cool. to kind of just, I never really took a creative writing class before. Um, I really only did screenwriting, and it's a, a completely different set of skills. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of want to like do less or screen, screenwriting and do things because it, th- that kind of stuff like has less of a life unless you can make it yourself or get, get it made. Whereas you can write a short story and that's kind of, it's done and it's what it's meant to be and people can look at it and read it.
1: And if you feel so inspired later on, you can revisit your short story and do a screen treatment of it and <laughs> yeah. get it made or make it.
2: That's true. That's true. That's the thing. Or you can go the other way too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and when did the filmmaking happen? I love your films. I love oh. the films that you and Annie do so much. Well, thanks. They're a delight. Well,
2: I started, I went to school for that kind of stuff. And I was doing it in high school, like goofing around, making sketches and things like that. Nice. And then, yeah, I went to school because I, I thought I wanted to be a, an editor and when I was in school, I, I learned that I, I kind of didn't want to be an editor, even though I liked it. And I, I went more towards the screenwriting side of things and yeah, and that just kind of like picked up, uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 I always enjoyed doing music more, more of like, but I never looked at it as like income or career kind of thing. But then, then, you know, I started doing music videos for friends and then kind of got that bug back and. Wrote some things. the The person that I do a lot of stuff with is my friend Mike McClellan, who we've been in bands together, uh, the novels and Beach Honey and all sorts of things. But he, I know, I know yeah, Mike definitely, and and he, um, I like Mike. So he and Mike look, worked at the library, right? No, Mike didn't work at the library. Um, Was uh, he wasn't at Forbes? No,
1: there's another novel at Forbes, right? I think there was well, a novel there was a. At the, I mean, the,
2: there was a novel. Well, three novels worked at Turn It Up. I, I included uh, the record store. Uh huh. Mike, Mike was a free agent. We we grabbed him because Mike and I went to college together. We met there, and I, I kind of dragged him to the valley because he was living in New Haven, and so I said, well, you know, why don't you join my band? It's it's a little bit of a hike, but <laughs> you know. It'll be fun. So he was the other, um, we all sang in the novels, but he, he, you know, he contributed a lot of uh, originals. But yeah, he and I have written, um, you know, a lot of screenplays together and TV pilots. And then the things that we've actually made, we've written together. And the other, the other person super involved with all those productions is uh, Dave Newland, who um, produces, you know, produced all the work and he's a, um, he can kind of do it all, but he's uh he'll do editing and like the cinematography. Uh full of great ideas. And he's, you know, he's super active over at uh Northampton Community Media. So if anyone's ever if, if anyone's mm-hmm. ever been to an event that put on by those folks or taken a class there, you've met Dave for sure.
1: I've actually reached out to them. I've actually had a few films by Northampton Community Media people that I've shown at Cirque's.
2: Yeah, and the films that you've shown of of mine and Dave and Mike's were all, you know, produced through that service. Like, we've, we 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 borrowed the equipment from there and, you know, in some cases edited things in, in the studio there.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're cool. I, I think Thomas Matthew Campbell also
2: did a yes, lot with them yes. too. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and Tom made uh, a music video for my album too. He he made an animated video.
1: Yes. Yes, he showed that actually a Cirque. Right.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, that's that's one talented dude. Thomas. Yeah.
1: Extremely. I I felt so fortunate to be cast in Thicker than water, and to be told that he actually um, created the role with me in mind, which I don't know how. Yeah, that's
2: a cool flattered. That's a cool short.
1: <laughs> I don't know how flattered I should be that he, cre- <laughs> he had me in mind while thinking of a, a undead, I, terrible mom. I think come that, back from the bowels of
2: hell. <laughs> I think he probably. I think he knew that you could reach for that, you know, and and pull out the performance. <laughs> I don't think he thought, this is you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she always looks like shit anyway. We might no, as well just take advantage. No <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. No, it, and the story has been told, so I'll be brief. But he, he lucked out because I didn't know it at the time. But when we started filming, I actually I had an undiagnosed pneumonia for most of the filming process. So I was really pale with massive circles under my eyes. I looked just awful because I was like gravely ill. You said to him, you
2: "You know what? I don't need makeup yet. Who does your makeup? (laughs)
1: You such realistic zombie makeup. It's like, I'm just
0: fucking sick.
1: <laughs> <That's
0: all. laughs> and they had you like, you know, knee deep
2: in the river and all that too.
1: Oh yeah. It was like climbing down embankments and just gamely.
2: I'm sure that helped your recovery.
1: Well, the, the being diagnosed was like kind of the first step to that. It takes doctors a long time I guess if you're someone who doesn't run fevers but that's a whole other boring health story I think that if you're game it would be a good time to hear the piece I published oh okay
2: let me pull this this up here
1: resume our free form chat okay as you notice they are they're meandering
2: that's how my mind works so it I feel right at home Good, yeah, you and me. That's our goal.
1: (laughs) Make our guests feel at home. It should just be like you came over for dinner and drinks, and we're gathered around the table and we're just chatting.
2: We'll just add some chewing sound effects.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's up after dinner.
0: Oh man, that's a good idea for the edit. Okay, no, (laughs) (laughs) a little AMSR or whatever
2: is called. People love hearing you know, lip smacking ASMR, (laughs) ASMR, yeah. yeah.
1: I actually don't understand the appeal.
2: No, it's not relaxing I mean, to me, but a lot of people find it relaxing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, hey, I'm right hearing it. Yeah, I'm hearing it. I can read. I can read. I can read my piece ASMR style. Yeah, Just read it, really. Yeah. No, I won't. I won't do. Oh that. no, people. People have <laughs>
1: lots of stuff. I don't want to lull people to sleep
2: either, but. But so if people want to people want to read along it's it's um like I said volume 13 issue 1 ham and if you turn to page 67 <laughs> you will find a short piece called Neil Young Canadian-born vagabond vagabond heart nice and on the opposing page there's a really nice illustration by Elizabeth Wadsworth Ellis oh yeah She's a good one. That's that's cool. We're lucky we get we get cool submissions from people like you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and you guys, you know, you guys are uh, a champion for the the arts and the community, and like as far as I, I mean, I don't know if I'd have anything published if I didn't uh, reach out to you guys. And you guys put together the best shows that are full of like really diverse. Acts and, and, and mediums and things. Yeah. It's just a good time. Yeah. Good. That's what we try to That's do. That's the goal. So maybe we should dub bring, in bring the magazine to the physical world. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's dive
1: into well, Magabon Soul. We
2: could we could dub in after my praise of you, um like a five minute <laughs> standing ovation.
1: <laughs> pr- oh, <laughs> pr- pr- <laughs> Some applause. Yeah.
2: Encore. Encore. The sound of many feet stamping. Yes. But here's this piece. Uh, Okay. So, Neil Young, Canadian-born, Vagabond Heart. I recently moved out to Southern California, a place where Neil Young's been on my mind. On our cross-country drive, my partner put Neil on the car's stereo, just as an impossible sunset hung over Iowa's sky along I-80. For that stretch, Mr. Young was a long-haired songwriter from Iowa. How could he be from anywhere else? Then, when we unpacked our record player with its taped-up arm and tangled wires, the album to christen our new home was Decade, a collection representing ten, as the title suggests, colossal years of an artist's output. Neil was once a resident of my New States-famed El Canyon. Here, he spent many sunny, acoustical afternoons in laid-back sing-alongs with his C, S, and N compatriots. Mickey Dolenz would bring the potato salad, and all of these cats would sleep on one oversized futon. Sometimes Joni M squeezed in there too. Like Neil, Joni was a fine player herself and a fellow Canuck. She was also gifted in canvas stretching and paintbrush wielding. Joni once painted nothing but rabbits playing table tennis, what some would say for days. But, returning to Neil, if you don't mind. I once read a story in a rock and roll magazine about a time on the road in the late 70s or early 80s that took place in an unassuming Pennsylvanian lunch spot. The former Buffalo Springfielder had five or six bites of a hoagie, grabbed his pickle, and held it up to the light. Though it was certainly daytime, the light blue neon glow framing the clock above the antique register created an eerie outline of the Vlasic classic. If the Twilight Zone was in color, this is how it would have looked. He sort of cocked his head slightly, nodded to himself, and then split without saying a word. Y of CSNY left a generous 30% tip on the $6 meal. That makes for a total of six bucks, folks. With an exit barely noticed by anyone, save for those who heard the glass door's overhead bells ding-ding. A few, what some say, months later, a mysterious postcard arrived at the home of the half-eaten sandwich. The front featured a photo of a heroic Montana skyline, a picture that would give a good man reason to get up in the morning. Turning it over, it read in all caps and reproduced here, The winds change mid-course, friend, until we meet again, Unsigned, the hoagie stared at this message for a moment or two and realized that though... It might never again be face to face with Neil. They'd always have that afternoon at Roy's diner. The end. And then for those of you looking <laughs> along at the magazine, there's a little drawing of Neil Young. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Marvelous.
0: Thank you. Wow. i haven't I haven't, uh, I haven't run across that in a while because obviously I. I do read a fair bit of the, the stuff when I put it in. I do remember reading that one in its entirety when I put it into the magazine. But it's nice to hear it again because that, so that was a wonderful. little while back. Ah, that was great. Thank you. Such a good Thank piece.
1: You. I love that it's in the ham issue. So,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: is it the hoagie? Are we insinuating that Neil Young is something of a ham? Is it a little of each? Oh, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. There's so many.
2: It works either yeah. way.
1: It does.
2: You guys should get, see if you can get um, like Liam Neeson to read, you know, just like overdub that as the narrator. On oh, that. my
1: God. All right. I'll reach out to my good personal pal, Liam, and see what he's <laughs> got to say about <laughs> Liam,
2: that. Liam, <laughs> Liam if, you're,
0: if you're listening right now, you, yeah, can, Liam. You, can, you can read it and I will go back and re-edit this episode of the podcast featuring you. But you Just, can't be
1: a guest on the podcast unless I've published you in Meat for Tea or you've played a circ. So those, yeah. them's the breaks, Liam.
0: Yeah, sorry, Liam, but you you, you can <laughs> you can be a guest reader of this particular piece, and that's it.
2: You should book his band. Uh, he has a band. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but, I, but, but now I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 picturing it though. I, 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 who doesn't have a band? I mean, come Lots on. Lots
0: of people don't have. Oh, pizza Pete, underground.
2: Yeah, but lots of pizza
1: underground. You know, you know about Pizza Underground, right?
0: No. Oh,
1: it's Macaulay Culkin's band. I oh think he's no, I have like I that. have heard
2: of that. Yes, I oh, haven't heard, I haven't heard them my though.
0: God, it, it, was a, yeah, it was like a one-off project. Or I think there was a there was a cassette and there was a single. The single is like super super rare, but we we do have a copy of the cassette.
1: All Velvet Underground. sort of covers but pizza themed so she's a pizza girl it's (laughs) It's,
0: okay maybe there's another thing I need to send to you okay
2: yes I would (laughs) love to hear that
1: it's so crazy ridiculous it is so good yeah um pizza underground it's a you can actually probably find some videos of Macaulay and friends.
0: I think the whole thing is actually digitized and is up on YouTube,
1: too. I, I've found some th- I haven't found a lot. I've just found a few things, but it's, like, super extra fun. Well, we should just send. You've got the file. We can send it to Jason. Yeah. That'll just be our little, like, thanks for being our I guest can't,
2: present. I can't wait.
1: A little pizza underground, because who doesn't need some of that in their lives? <laughs>
0: and we'll be back in just a moment. And welcome back.
1: Did that? <laughs> if you have a film project that's looking for a venue, there is that September's Ten Cirque. I haven't plugged in my oh yeah films yet. I've so got, I've got, got
2: nothing, to... I've got nothing. I've got
1: nothing. Oh well, I figured I'd just you know just throw that out
2: there. I'm se- I'm semi-retired, <laughs> but I, I I'd come out of retirement if I had a the right idea or, or someone. Threw a bunch of sure. money at me. Sure. <laughs> no, No, I, 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 I totally get that.
0: I haven't written any new material of my own um, since uh, October of 2020, uh, and it at once feels fine, and then the other part of me is like, why am I not writing anything? But then I'm, I'm okay
2: with. Yeah, and okay. and yeah, I know that feeling. I just want to rock, man. That's all. That's all I think about.
0: <laughs> well you, you you do rock but the the, the thing i was going to actually bring up when we we're talking about your record and you playing everything and i'm sure you're familiar with the record but it, it it was my experience with the first time i ever understood that somebody had recorded all the instruments themselves and that's todd run something anything
2: yeah i i love that album um Yeah, I mean, and and
0: sides sides one, yeah, sides one through three,
2: right. And then he has a he has a you know friend kind of jam at the very end, but yeah, I mean, and I was yeah, yeah, when I was making my thing, I was listening to that one and Paul, like I mentioned, uh, McCartney one and two, um, and uh, Emmett Rhodes um, first album and Stevie Wonder, just to kind Mm. of like, just to like feel like. Not to say that I could play like any of those people, but just to kinda know that it's possible to Yeah. To, and, and to, to groove well, with yourself. Then, yeah, like to know that. that it's possible is great.
1: Well then there's um Hazel Adkins.
0: Oh. I don't well, he know he just that. says that live though.
1: Uh, he okay, you know the cramp song she said
2: Yeah.
1: Ooh E. Uh uh. that's a cover of a hazel. I don't know if he goes if it's a Hazel or a hazel. I, he's not gonna get on my case anyway because he's dead for a long time.
2: <laughs> he might be haunted.
0: But, uh, <laughs> possibly.
1: It's, it's Hazel
0: Adkins. Hazel Adkins. No, anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who that is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to look that oh, up. Oh
1: my god.
0: You. Oh man. You. What's what's the, the hot dog song?
1: No hot dogs for you.
0: Is that what it is? Oh, oh brother. <laughs> no, he <laughs> yeah, oof, just... Uh,
1: Hazel Adkins. He He
0: basically kind of prototyped the cramps, but he did it all himself, like it's as a one-man band.
1: H-I-S-I-L-A-D-K-I-N-S. Okay. Completely amazing, multi-instrumentalist, mostly rockabilly. He lived a long life considering his life habits, but um yeah the other song is um No More Hot Dogs. No More Hot Dogs. Oh boy. <laughs> and I got freaky. Mark for his birthday freaky his song. album Out to Hunch. <laughs> <laughs> but there's all these like I I wouldn't have wanted to be his girlfriend as all songs like, like I'll rip your head off and put it on my wall and No More Hot Dogs for you. Actually that is that is No that's, More Hot Dogs. That's that I was more, No More Hot Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hazel Adkins, you can find his. I, I think I just ordered it from Amazon. I say shamefully, but.
0: You gotta some, do what you gotta do sometimes. Yeah. That was, a, it was a, recent, some, a recent ish reissue in the past you know, seven years or it
1: something. It was like, yeah, it was like eight bucks too.
0: Damn. But it's so good
1: because he didn't know. He was kind of backwoods kind of guy, and he was a big fan of Elvis and whole bunch of other early kind of rockabilly folks. And he didn't know when listening to that stuff on the radio that they had bands. He thought, like when he saw the name Elvis Presley on an album, that he was doing it all by himself. <laughs> so he taught himself to do it all by himself. All the instrumentals, all the drums, like there's like one man banding it.
2: Well and like and live.
1: And live.
2: Yeah. So he had the little so he mm-hmm. the bass drum and the yeah, the foot pedals and all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, symbols between the knees, like the whole, whole crazy thing. Yeah. Okay. I I feel good that I I can give you that. That's a good thing
2: yeah. to know about. Yeah. I'm I'm big into rockabilly and that kind of stuff, so I think. I'll, oh, oh, you you'll you'll dig
0: this because this is this is like this is like proto punkabilly. It really is proto punkabilly. Well,
1: the Cramps actually had him play with them a couple of times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then there's that lady.
0: Oh, God, the guitar player.
1: Who also just like plays like hardcore. You
0: you look that up while, while I, I tried to regain my train of thought here. Um, <laughs> just Google that. Which I lady. may not have.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm sure that will yield lots of results.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say, and, and I've just regained my train of thought. The And, of course, he's not at all like Hazel Adkins, but are you familiar with Suitcase Junket?
2: Yeah. I, I've definitely have seen him, but a long time ago. Um,
0: Yeah. Well, he's still, he's still killing it.
2: Yeah. He's Um, a super talented guy.
0: So yeah, he's had a couple records that were produced by, uh, I think David from Los Lobos and well, there, there's overdubs on those records. Marvelous, marvelous. Oh my God. He's so amazing. He's recorded with, with my partner, Justin, you know, you know, Justin in the studio. Yeah, it's just—I'm astounded by what he can do, even without overdubs. It's just amazing. Just the, the layering. Um, his guitar through a bass amp, through a guitar amp, and acoustically mic'd at the same time allows him all that flexibility and that richness. It's really something.
1: So the, this lady and the Cramps actually had her on stage with them too, and she's nicknamed the Rock and Roll Grandma is Cordell Jackson.
2: Cordell Jackson, okay. She
1: rips it up. She shreds so hard, and she's got this perfectly coiffed, like permed kind of grandma hair and these roughly like yellow dresses or whatever, and then she
0: just like rips it up. She kind of looks like a Sunday school teacher or something. (laughs) <laughs> but oh, until she starts shredding. Yeah, and then she starts shredding and it's like what is going on here?
1: It's insane. You can find videos of her on
2: YouTube.
0: Yeah, Cordell Jackson?
2: You know? Cordell Jackson. I, I you you learn things listening to the Meat for Tea podcast and you also learn things when you're a guest. So I'm going to I've learned about <laughs> Cordell Jackson, <laughs> Hazel Atkins. It's fantastic.
1: Fun stuff awaits you. So what does your evening hold, Jason, other than chatting with us?
2: Well, um, my partner my my fiance uh, Annie she's congratulations. Sitting. Thank you How Thank long you. have you been
1: engaged?
2: We've been engaged a while <laughs> um, that's
1: what I thought
2: yeah but- we've definitely let's see got engaged. I think we got engaged in what year is it now? I think we got engaged January of twenty twenty one. I was if gonna say, what wrong. year is it now?
0: <laughs> yeah, hard I really hard to keep I track of I had to
2: think about that for a second. Um, but she, she's, she's dog sitting down the street. Um, so I'm gonna go over there and hang out with the dog, and we'll probably watch nice. some some TV. Not nothing crazy tonight.
1: That's actually a really good kind of wrapping up segue.
2: Yeah, yeah. And watching some we
0: TV. we and... We've been
1: chatting for a full hour. We could get to our. We don't interview, as You noticed. We just we just chat and trade music recommendations and ask which yeah. ones you recorded what in and all kinds of other goofy
2: stuff. Oh, you know what I should add too. I mean, just to say one more thing about my album. It was done at my house. Oh, but, please, as much but... as you want. But I just wanted to just give a couple uh, give a couple shout outs, as the uh, the youth say. But oh, yeah. it did, the album did touch some, you know, professionals' hands. So um, a friend of the show, uh, Henning Olinbush, he oh, love him. He mix mix some of it, and kind of anything that I work on, I you know share with him, and you know we talk about it uh so he's someone that i can always trust that he'll give me like an honest opinion or give me ideas for things so he mixed some of absolutely. it absolutely and, yeah. and and nice. and then, uh, and then grant wicks oh, was kind of like love the grant yeah he's he's a really talented dude guy can totally can sing he can play guitar he, he's a studio whiz he mixed he was kind of like the um i he was credited as the mixing supervisor because the stuff that Henning mixed and I mixed a little little of it myself too. Um I'm not very technical, you know, like I think like my the, like the most advanced uh tech skills I have are like using a popcorn maker, but I I I kind of <laughs> fiddle fiddle with things and and get, you know, get them to sound the way sure. I like but but then in the end Grant took the whole thing and kind of like made it kind of sound like it was one thing and and there are some songs he mixed all the way himself too. And I've done a lot of stuff with him over the years, and he's always super fun to collab with. so I wanted to say that just so um it doesn't seem like i was it was all in my bedroom or whatever.
1: No, I'm glad you did too, because it, it I was henning when we had Henning and Lisa on a previous episode a while ago, which was a lovely chat, and this reminds me we should have Grant. Yes. And Amy on some time. And fun fact about Grant, the first time I met him, he was my student when I was English professoring at Holyoke Community College. Oh, okay. So you met him pre-fame, basically. Pre-fame, but I knew he was brilliant. He actually wrote resoundingly A papers, one very... Memorable interpretation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Nice. yes, yeah, I had my eye on that one as a smart one. And one of his earlier walking ghost shows at Sierra Grill. He actually very sweetly gave me a shout out from the stage. <laughs> 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 to Elizabeth, who taught me the meaning of words. I'm pretty sure he the way he wielded them so efficiently in his papers, he was already versed in the meaning of words, but that was a sweet thing to say. So you
2: aided him as a lyricist, is what you're saying.
1: Well, no, I didn't pin him as anything. I knew, we we actually found ourselves on the bus together more often than not. This is how rich adjunct faculty is, listeners. This is how overpaid educators are. Riding the bus. (laughs) Taking the (laughs) bus. taking the bus and we we'd chat a lot and he told me he was starting a recording studio and stuff but he was just such a deeply curious bright young guy I knew whatever he set his mind to he'd do well at it and he was already thinking about doing that and he must have been maybe 18, 19 so that's the first time I met him teaching a um, a class a learning community called Horror and the Macabre in Literature and Film. It's kind of a cool class. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, it was really popular. It was funny, like we'd get this overwhelming class size, and I think a lot of students thought it was just going to be really cakewalk. Really easy. And then the attrition rate was really, really fast. And once they found out that.
2: Like, um, oh, I have to do work. You know, I have to read things. You
1: have to read things. You have to read the dreaded old things, including Aeschylus, um, Prometheus Bound. So you understand where Mary Shelley got her, you know, the inspiration, her subtitle for Frankenstein. Right. So yeah, it was funny. It was wildly popular, and then they started dropping like flies once the <laughs> academic rigor made itself clear. <laughs> it was funny. Anyway, shall we do? Shall we do our questions? The I, only questions we ask. I think
0: yeah. I think it's time for the questions. Okay.
1: Well, <laughs> so what are you reading these days, Jason?
2: I am reading a book about Jay Dilla. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's a uh, late, great, he was a late, great record producer.
0: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Just, just cool. kind of a
2: genius, don't want to use that lightly, but I think he's a genius fellow who kind of just did things with sampling and uh, production that, you know, just so unique. So I'm, I'm in the middle of that right now. That sounds great
0: yeah that's up my alley
2: it's yeah it's called Dilla time I really recommend it and oh, wow, okay. it, it just so happened that I, I recently bought a drum machine and so the book I didn't know this but inside the book there's drum patterns in, in there and it explains how, how he how he's done what he's done and I mentioned earlier that I'm very not technical so I, I've basically learned how to turn the drum machine on and I can make like a beat but I don't know how to save it so when I learn how to use that more, I'm going to go back to this book and kind of find those pages and see if I can, you know, like try to reproduce some
0: oh, of yeah. the cool. examples they give.
2: What a cool resource! Oh, that's, that's,
0: that's that's genius. I love that.
2: Who wrote it? I, f- I forget the guy's name. I I don't have it in front of me. Um, I, it, I can it's look a, it up. It's a, yeah, it's a guy who I think he teaches at the Tisch School. Um, All so right. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not familiar with him, but he's a, a great writer and definitely did his homework for this thing. Fantastic. Um, Cause I, I just kind of, I know a couple albums with that, that are Jay Dilla albums. The one for those listening who want to just know what the guy was capable of. There's an album called donuts, which is um, a masterpiece. Mm. And, and it, uh, yeah, it's just incredible. The kind of things he cuts in and sinks and just, just really brilliant album. And he made it um, as he was dying and he, oh, some wow. of it was like some of it was worked on when he was in the hospital. He had like a really rare blood disease, and he, so he died oh, no. at thirty-two. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But so he, young. he, did so, he did so much because um, he basically, you know, turned pro when he was a teenager. And 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 probably chances are you've heard things that he's produced. I, I know There's I things-
0: have. I'm just not coming up with the names, but I I know yeah. his name for sure. Yeah
2: we're going to need to add that album to our collection, if not also that book, like both. Mm. Yeah. I think the book is really cool because I don't, you know, like I I don't know a ton about his life. So I'm I'm just getting a lot of detail. Really interesting. I finished a book recently um, that I'll just, I I just want to mention it just because I want to recommend it to folks. Mm -hmm. It's called shaky town and it's by a guy named Lou Matthews. And it's, it kind of is presented as a collection of short stories, but I think he considers it a novel because all of the short stories are sort of intertwined mm. and that it's all it's like a, it's kind of a um uh collection of stories of people living in um Los Angeles area and it has some historical stuff in it. Really great writer. I got into him through a TV show called Lodge 49, which... Uh, oh, yes. I yes, love, yes.
1: we loved that. We were so sad it wasn't picked up for another season.
2: Oh, uh, me too. It, it, that's probably, probably you know, my favorite show from the last decade, easily. Up
1: to, it's up there.
0: It's up there for us, It's up there for up us, there for for yeah. us
2: Definitely. Like,
1: way up there. Um, and, and that was, of course, inspired by the Thomas Pynchon novel...
2: Lodge 49. Yeah, I think there's some... Yeah, Thomas Pinchon and also um, Charles Portis is a big influence on that show. Charles Portis wrote a book that kind of deals with similar things with like alchemy and secret societies and things like that. Mm. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of the Charles Portis book, um, but he only wrote five novels. So if, if you Google him if people want to know more about that, they'll, they'll find it. I mean, his most famous one is, um, uh, what's that? But they made a film about it with John Wayne. Oh, geez. I'm brain brain dead right now.
1: That's okay. The, the pinch on was the crying of lot 49. Yeah. Which is, you know, obviously where the title comes from. And that, um, Wyatt Russell. True Grit is, is the, such the, a b- such a star. He's so good.
2: Yeah, and that the whole cast on that show is just. He's hard crazy. to look love, at too. <laughs> I love ensembles.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, definitely. You know. Yeah, he. Not going to be very attractive with those genetics.
0: <laughs> True Grit was the uh, was the film that you were you're referencing.
2: True Grit was the film I was thinking of. And then the, yeah. the book that's dealing with um, secret societies is called Masters of Atlantis. That's what I'm trying to think of oh, by cool, Charles cool.
1: Yeah. I loved that show. I was just so sad. I mean, everything was deserving of at least another season.
0: Oh, definitely. That was so and it
2: bad. ended on a literal cliffhanger.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's so sad too, because I, I've read some interviews with the creator, Jim Gavin, and they, they, it's not one of those shows where they, and this is no knock to shows that do this, but some shows they just kind of figure it out as they go. They say, okay, we have another season. Let's like break story and figure out what we want to do. He has the whole thing planned. So there, there's definitely uh. meaning in all the things. And he needed, I think, two more years to do it. You could um, tell
1: by the uh. way the final episode You know, it wasn't it wasn't a full Denimont. Things were not tied up neatly in a bow. We were well. It was a literal cliffhanger.
2: Yeah, not tied up at all. You're. It's like it's like it's like oh, this is a whole other universe. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. where where are we going? And we would go willingly there.
1: Oh man, yeah. Well, geez. I'm just giving my grief a moment to settle down, I guess, <laughs> over the device. Yeah, let's, let's, let's
2: have a moment of silence for that show. Right. right. Everybody
1: bow your heads. Before
2: we move on to Maybe somebody other,
1: else will pick it up.
0: Unless there's other reading that you want to mention, I wanted to recommend a book that Elizabeth actually found for me a number of years ago called How to Wreck a Nice Beach.
2: Oh, about I've read I've read that. Is that about um ah. About the, the uh, and the, the vocoders history, and things like that. The history of
0: the vocoder, yeah, it's
2: so cool. Yeah, that's such a cool book.
0: It, it's 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 amazing, and it's it's weird and technical, and also like its connections to modern music and to hip hop in particular and funk. It's not a music book, but it is a music book. It's not a historical account, but it is a horse. I mean, it's just amazing. So okay, so you've heard of that? That's great. Okay, that then
2: he's read it. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> so, book's a that book's a mind blower. There's things in there that you just yeah you you wouldn't think they were tied together. You yeah, know, ex- like exactly. Oh, this like this like military intelligence led to the synthesizer. And, and so...
0: <laughs> yeah, e- exactly. It's just it's just it's just mind blowing. So that that's that's so you know it, but at least our maybe our listeners haven't heard that. So that's an, another thing that's,
1: that's we like, we should very nicely put it in the show notes for them. So, what are you listening to these days? What's what's on your turntable? Any um, any new discoveries? Or- well,
2: I'll start with the old stuff because I I'm someone that just plays things over and over again. So I'm, I always I got that. McCartney. I always got McCartney doing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm, I'm always mm-hmm. I'm always listening to him. Uh, <laughs> there's so much, so I could just go. Oh, I'm going to listen to this album from 2004 today, and then I'm going to go back to. 75. 10cc is a, a band that I'm constantly playing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then a couple things that are, I'll, li- I'll list a couple things that are newer bands that I really dig lately. And then I'll list some older things that are new to me if that's, if, if, oh, I, okay. if I, I like I, that. Uh, so I'll start with the older stuff, I guess. Uh, I, a while ago, I bought, I think on CD, just this album by this guy, Hararumi Hasono, just Light in the Attic Records put some of his music out and just on a whim just thought, I think this sounds like something I'd like, and I bought it. And I I liked it a lot, but for whatever reason, I didn't really dig much deeper. And then recently, I've just been listening to anything of his I can find. He's one of those guys that's just like a genre buster. Oh, cool. He'll, He'll do like folky music, he's made video game music, he's done c- kind of just anything you can think of, he's done like uh 40s style music mm. and he's still still he's still doing it now. He's I think he's 76 years old. Um just nice. just like oh, wow. very inspiring. Wow. It, and and he was in this group called Yellow Magic Orchestra yeah. that was That's uh,
0: why I know the name.
2: Um, yes. Yeah, and they yes. they were huge in Japan, like just one of the you know, the the Huge, huge band in Japan.
0: Ryuichi Sakamoto.
2: So, yeah, and he was the other guy I was going to mention because um, he did some. He did the music for this movie called "Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence." Yes. And I've been going back and listening to that score. It's just really beautiful. So those are those are the two, the older things that I'm kind of diving into now for, for the first time, and just getting obsessed over. And then newer groups. There's a, I think it's a solo act but he goes by Los Retros. Hmm. Uh, really fantastic. He has an EP out now, Ooh. which the name is escaping me, but it's it's fantastic. We're going to be shopping. Yeah, and then another band I've kind of been into for the last five years. They're called Babe Rainbow. They're um, from Australia, and they're just a bunch of stupidly handsome <laughs> blonde guys and, and they make this they they make really laid back psychedelic music. And I think I would describe it probably not giving it its total due, but it reminds me of like if the if the sixties kinks like had Donovan produce them. It's oh, like
1: nice. they, it's like
2: very it's like very groovy and gentle, but it's but it's like they have all the like the, the the melodies and a lot of interesting parts. Mm-hmm. I saw them, uh, to to, to kind of book in this a little bit, I saw them in San Diego a few years ago. Oh, nice. Where
1: where at? Was it at the outdoor amphitheater or someplace
2: smaller? Um, It was a small place called the Casbah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That
1: might be a newer venue.
2: Oh, and, you know, I should plug also uh, as as a representative of Rub Wrong Way's records, I've been listening to some of my label mates who each have put out new things there's uh sitting next to Brian yeah. has a an EP out called the unevent which oh yes that's a one another another one man band album yep that's uh so so good i i've been playing it a lot and then even more recently drums recorded on an iphone yeah and they sound i mean i think yeah. it helps when you're that kind of drummer yeah. so he could play he could play anything and it's going to sound good yeah um, he was visiting. He was visiting over uh, up here a little while ago, and I, I got to record with him oh, a little how cool. bit. Oh, cool! Yeah, he's he's my favorite uh, guy Brian to play does. with.
1: I like Brian. We had him on the podcast actually a while ago.
2: I heard that one. That was great. yeah,
1: it was hilarious. Our, our talking about our seventies childhoods.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was him and Miranda Brown. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A, a double double bill. Yeah, it That's was right, um, and then. And then I'll mention um Henning Olinbush mm-hmm. ah. he as a a fantastic new album and and come to think of it, um he plays everything himself too. I think it's the the time now lends itself to that. But his album's called The Dream Is the Dream.
0: Yeah. And it's
2: like uh yeah. We need to get kind the... of like a a light psychedelic masterpiece. And I mean light as in it's very it's like very, very like laid back, like the kind of quieter. Mm-hmm. Pink Floyd stuff. yeah, Cool. It, it's a real, I think I, it's a masterpiece. I, I just really blew me away. I mean, it's, I, I'm not, not surprised that he would make something like that, but. We don't own that, you know. do we? No, I've heard a bit of it though. And, we need to and get it. My goal is to, is to hear the rest of it at
0: some point, but there's, you know, only so many hours in the day and hours in the week. And, and
1: so many dollars in the budget. And we're always like, better add this book, better add that album. <laughs>
0: Not to mention how do I spend my days.
1: <laughs> also, how many bookcases and, and
2: I know places to start? Like CD we're shelves and vinyls. we're gonna
1: be building our house out of books and albums.
2: <laughs> oh Yeah, we're we're creatively stacking our books and records. They're just on the floor and piles, hidden places. Mm.
0: Ikea Colax shelves. What are you guys listening line? to? What are we listening to?
1: Well, I I bought for our anniversary. I got for Mark Wet Leg on their debut album, Yellow Vinyl. Oh yeah, that's yeah, the only yeah. album it's, they have a, right now.
0: It's yeah, it is their only album. But it, it, who knows when people are listening to the podcast? But it's um, it's terrific. It's one of the best albums I've heard in a long time in terms of of like post punk electro pop. Uh, it's so fun. Yeah, it's just. It's fun. It's clever. It's smart.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's great. Uh, What else has been? I gotta check that out. I've I've only heard a couple songs, but they were great.
1: It's it's from top to bottom, just
0: a
2: great album. There's not a dud on it, in my opinion.
0: Oh, there's there's been so many things. (laughs) I'm actually blanking on like we we saw. Well, there's
1: um, on on the sillier side, but it's it's really fun. (gasps) Yes, is. H. John Benjamin's um, jazz daredevil
2: album. Oh, I've heard about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's got two of them. One is um, the soundtrack ones, and one is um, jazz piano. You know, the asterisk, I should have learned to play the piano.
0: But his backing band is is aces on that record. Tight. They're, they're so tight. Good.
2: But for for those listening. It, the, right if, if I correct me if I'm wrong he can't play piano but he he gets a band behind him and he just kind of does his thing on top of like a really great He just
1: goes he just he brings what he lacks in technique he um, makes up for it in raw enthusiasm
0: <laughs> I, I am of the opinion I'm of the opinion that he actually has some skill on oh, I don't know it sounds like he's playing with his elbows. There are moments where he's where he's he's not he's not discordant at all, and he's he's like at least in the right region of the keyboard. Well, he's definitely got rhythm. Well, he's got ry- rhythm, but he's also got a sense of pitch and humor. Well, yes. So it's 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 not just bad like just somebody like they're they're really fun pounding his fists on on the piano randomly. He's actually kind of doing the thing. The soundtrack one is him basically noodling around on a Moog synthesizer, <laughs> playing like chariots of fire. So it's it's and
1: danger zone
0: <laughs> and singing oh, okay. danger zone. Oh, danger zone with with a cameo from from um,
1: oh Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins, wow, thank you. Uh, saying he can't he can't do the song because it yeah,
0: sucks. He, he couldn't abide it. So <laughs> it's it's a great skit.
1: The best thing about Jazz Daredevil, the piano one is the title. The opening track is. H. John Benjamin calls Satan to try to sell his soul so he can have piano chops, and um, <laughs> the resulting conversation is completely hilarious. And Satan
2: is um, performed by Aziz Ansari. Two two guests you guys need to get in the show: H. John Benjamin, yeah, right, and Satan. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So well uh, Satan, what have
0: you I been reading lately? <laughs> I know a few people who could who could maybe, <laughs> Satan, maybe fill that in. Who are you
1: listening to? What are you watching lately?
2: He's like, Oh, the the Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. To, Rewatching Gilmore it's, Girls.
1: I love Gilmore Girls. Me
2: too. And I feel like Satan would enjoy the, the it writing. as well. The writing is incredible. Satan's not all that bad. No. The writing
1: is snappy. <laughs> anything she, anything she writes is snappy. Yes. Which actually, that was a perfect segue, Jason. Thank you for that. What are you watching right now?
2: Watching? Um, we we just, we're about to finish a show called Starstruck on HBO. I don't know if you guys have heard of that.
1: Oh, we watched the first season. We we need to pick that back up. It's mm. adorable. Yeah. Really, really good. Really great actor, writing
2: on that. Mm-hmm.
1: Really snappy writing. And, and it's it's just charming.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, I feel we we needed a good we needed a good BBC show and that popped up and it's been great.
1: Yeah, I, I like a good BBC show here and there too. That and food and travel, which right now we're we're bereft since the final season. We we have been loving Somebody Feed Phil.
2: Oh, I haven't seen. I know what that That's is. Just, I haven't seen it though. I've it's heard of it. So fun. He's just he's just
0: so giddily enthusiastic. It's amazing.
1: Well, he also features restaurants that hire all like special needs employees or create opportunities for specifically impoverished young women. Or he's, he's always looking for people that's cool doing cool shit.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice. The other thing I'm watching, um, and this is kind of what I tend to watch late at night or just the last, usually the last thing I'll watch is I'll watch an episode of heart to heart. Um, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 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 Okay. Yeah. I love that show. How did that show age?
1: Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> just, I had to ask, <laughs> I, I have,
2: I have an ability to watch older things and not use like a modern, um, filter. You know, I, I sure, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to right. like yeah. I'm not trying to go and cause I just go, you know what, like things that I make might be looked at from a lens in the future and someone may say, Well that you can't say that, or you shouldn't deal with that kind of thing. So I think that we we all are uh <laughs> we all <are> learning. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that yeah, the show yeah. the show is like, you know, for people that don't know, it's this it's this um very wealthy couple. couple who happen to just be out and about at galas and someone gets murdered and for whatever reason the police can't handle it so they solve the murders themselves. I don't know if there's much offensive yeah. about it <laughs> um, but it's it's just like a you know like I was gonna say I don't I'm trying not to watch a lot of violent things and the shows involving murder, but it's kind of like cozy mystery murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, definitely. It's, it's, it, it's, there's not, there's not like a severed heads on it or anything like that. It's just like someone gets stabbed. Right. There's a museum opening and someone gets stabbed and the hearts, um, you know, yes. happen to figure, figure out who did it. Yeah.
1: Now, isn't the male lead, wasn't he married to
2: Nat- Natalie Wood? He, yeah, he was. And, um, uh-huh. Uh huh. There are many, many people believe he might have had something to do with her death. Uh huh.
1: His name is escaping me at the moment, which is weird because um, it's a really famous name. Robert Wagner. Right. right. Yes. yes.
2: And right. Uh, th- those who are familiar with him, we, we, like me, we call him RJ. Oh, his buddies. <laughs> I'm his buddy. Well, he's still with yeah, us. Since
1: you know him so well, he can he can. <laughs> He can come on the podcast come well, on the sh- only if he does something for a circ or gets published in meet for tea. We
2: have rules after all. I'm sure he has something. Everything. He could he could probably do like a performance piece at one of the Cirques. He should
1: probably write Why does everyone think I killed
2: Natalie? I actually
1: he should just write his
2: I actually believe you know, that he 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 didn't do it. Um because mm-hmm. I've, I've looked, cause I'm, I'm a fan of the show and I, I'm trying to like reckon with watching it and like, maybe there's a murderer on the, on the show, but <laughs> I think that he either, he either didn't do it and it and, um, or, um, he was somehow involved and it was a really terrible accident that he, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think he wanted her to die. I mean, that's, that's the. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember reading something about
0: this and, and I, I have to say, I, I do concur that my impression is that.
1: It's not like OJ.
0: No, no.
2: There's actually a, a documentary about Natalie Wood on HBO that his, uh, her daughter made. Um, and it goes into the night she died and, uh, and her father is, 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 is her father is RJ, so she's um, doesn't believe he did it. Right, right. Um, so it, there, That's is, a tough there is there is there, there is believe about your dad. Yeah, I mean, so you could say there's a bias to it, but um, I think when you if you watch that and kind of get some of the details, there's nothing there's nothing really definitive about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm so
1: polymorphously perverse that the joke. What kind of wood doesn't float is just like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, jeez! Oh,
1: oh no! God. I,
2: just, uh, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Oh, no, no, neither have I. But uh, I knew the punchline right away. I the punchline. <laughs> no, you don't need I it. Didn't give the. <laughs> you didn't need to. <laughs> Folks, the punchline will be in the show notes of this episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Stay, I, stay tuned.
1: Some uh, really ballsy. Comedian, I'm forgetting their name. Pulled that one out. I I think it may have been Joan Rivers. Someone who just didn't give AF. And it was within
2: days. Oh wow! So like too
0: soon.
1: It it was like within 48 hours.
2: I just dropped. I just dropped a ton of books. As I mentioned, I have stacks of books everywhere. But I I was I've I'm unharmed. Good. That was quite the
1: Well So I think... um, Now that we've established types of wood that don't (laughs) float and books that don't defy gravity...
0: I I will find a segue to say, why don't you float us, your social media
2: contacts... Where
1: can people find you and follow you? And what of yours do our listeners need to rush right out and get their hot little hands on?
2: All right. Well, uh, the, the album we were talking about earlier, um it's called Strawberry Cactuses and um, it's it's on everywhere you can hear things and buy things, so you just search for that. Bandcamp?
0: Bandcamp.
2: Band yeah, just stream it everywhere. Um, go and get then
0: it, go, go 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 pay for it on Bandcamp, folks.
1: Get it on a Friday.
2: We have a there's mm-hmm. a beautiful um, purple cassette Version of the album. So I know,
1: uh, I know, I was tempted by that, but we don't really have a cassette player.
0: I have one at the studio. I'll
2: mail you but guys. But I love I'll that mail you guys, it. I'm, I'll mail you guys both versions. I mean, who knows what, you know? Yay, oh, lucky us. Yes. Uh, um, and then um, there's, of course, uh, there's Beach Honey. Hopefully, we'll be putting out some stuff end of this year, early next. We have some things that are various stages of completion um, we're on
0: nice
2: all the things Instagram and Twitter and all that and then um, if you want to see any of the films that we were talking about myself and um, Mike McClellan Dave Newland Henning is involved a lot of the people I've been mentioning are involved in those movies we have this thing called the Hypnosis Club which is our little production company so I guess the way to find that is on Instagram and um, there's not a lot of news coming out of there, but yeah, you can follow us. I think it's The Hypnosis Club. And that, nice. It's in, that That gives you links to find where, our, where you can watch stuff. I think almost everything we've made, whether it be a short film or a little documentary or a music video, it's all watchable. Nothing's really hidden. It's all streaming somewhere.
0: Excellent.
2: Excellent. Fun. You're on Twitter? Are you? Um. I don't know if we're on. We
0: were. Maybe. Um, I, have, I haven't looked I into was, it in many years, but I
2: think. I think. I think there is a Hypnosis Club Twitter as well. Yeah.
1: And what about Beach Honey? Twitter, Facebook presence, Instagram presence.
2: Yeah, we're on that stuff. Beach Honey music, I believe, is the is the thing. Nice. I don't know if we have a Facebook anymore. But we did. Uh, yeah. We're on, We're definitely on Twitter and um, Instagram.
0: If I can do my due diligence before I uh, make this episode live, I will endeavor to keep some of these things in the show notes as well. Yeah. I, will, I will do my searching around. If you have any, if you have any direct links, you can send them to us, and I'll put them in. But, I will. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, come on, this is pretty searchable stuff, folks. It Come is. On, listeners.
2: Come on, you guys all have computers. You you, you can look this up. You, right? you know how this like There's this thing called the internet. We're not going to do
0: all the work for you. So go search, <laughs> go search for out out and listen <laughs> to my music on the internet and that'll be easy. Yeah. This has been so much
1: fun, Jason. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. It yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was
2: fun. just nice to to
0: get, catch up with you guys.
2: I you know. know. Let's, yeah. This is
1: this is
0: I think it's half the reason we do this
1: yeah Ooh. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> there you have it folks not just raw and vision just want to hang out with their friends thought you might want to listen in exactly what more motivation do you need right i know well thanks so much jason Thank have a so wonderful much. night
2: you too i'll talk to you both soon
1: yeah hope to see you in september
2: yeah we'll see if the stars align yes nice.
0: Wasn't that fun? We had a good time talking with Jason. So, so cool. You know, we forgot to mention, uh, both Samantha Scriven and Sarah McCartney have had... Uh, essays. Yeah, they've had their essays in the nosings column in past issues of Meat for Tea, which you can get if you go to meatforte.com forward slash buy dot and pick up a PDF or possibly the back issue in physical print because a lot of them, we still have a number of copies kicking around.
1: And some are selling out. But I think... Actually, I know the issue with Sarah McCartney and the issue with Samantha Scriven's nosing's essays are still around. Yeah.
0: And if you don't see a back issue listed in our drop down menu, it is a drop down menu. You got to click on it. That's how they work. Yep. Yeah. That's how they work. You'd be surprised. Um, never mind. <laughs> Some people don't quite get that. Drag back. down Yeah, it's a drag down menu. Drag-down menu. But if you don't see a back issue that you want, you can always email us at meatfortea at gmail.com and ask about it. So if you see it listed in the PDFs, but you want to maybe try to get a physical copy, we might actually have some kicking around here. However,
1: if you want to save yourself the struggle and the turmoil of just trying to cherry pick individual issues, you can simply subscribe. Yeah, you can. Just subscribe and you'll get Meat for Tea in your mailbox. Every three months, it'll just be there. And that's very easy, meat forward slash subscribe. And you will just have Meat4Tea come to your house and you won't have to worry about missing anything in any issue. For instance, our most recent nosings essay in the mug war issue, which we released just a month ago. Is by Marina Barthenia, who is a perfumer and a space scientist. And she takes us on a futuristic scent journey, which is memorable and fascinating.
0: It's pretty, pretty damn cool. I love the it's space scientist stuff. part of it. I think maybe we should... Um, I'm looking at... Uh, a review. We have a review. We have a new review. Which is a great way to support us, by the way. Go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and do whatever you can. If you can just click like or subscribe, that's awesome. You can give us a, a five-star rating or on Apple Podcast a five-star rating with writing. With that's writing. Awesome. We'll
1: read your writing.
0: We're going to right now because Pop Etymology gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts titled Brain Food and they write Smart and engaging explorations of creative people's art and the process and thinking that shape it. Passionate and heartfelt. The hosts are pros. Oh, thank you. The hosts are pros, and the audio production is great. Oh, thank you. It's really a soothing listen. Good vibes. Wow. <laughs> I, t- I take that personally. That's really, really wonderful. Thank you so much, Pop Etymology, whomever you might be.
1: Yeah, thank you, Pop Etymology. Wonderful. And we'd love to have more of those reviews, and we'd really love your voice memos. We will play them on the podcast.
0: You know, record them on your phone and send them to meetforteacast at gmail.com, and I will pick them up from there and drop them in. We also still have cool
1: merchandise in our spring store. Mark's older brother, David, was wearing his... Meat for tea socks.
0: And he said they were very comfortable, which and is really they nice. He said
1: they're soft and comfortable at a reading he just gave.
0: Yeah, he was featured reader at our local, our local poetry night. Unbuttoned. Unbuttoned. So you can get your own
1: meat for tea socks, T-shirts, tote bags, pint glasses, mugs.
0: <laughs> there's water bottles.
1: <laughs> and there's more stuff coming. We tried to give you beach towels. And we will try again. Some browser
0: Mm -hmm. shit happened. Yeah, Beach Dolls and Swim Trunks were supposed to be live by now. And for some reason, I think it's old browser incompatibility, but mm, it didn't work. So
1: in other news, if you like Meat for Tea, you like the Meat for Tea cast, we have Meat for Tea Press, and we have a new book by film professor Linda Krause called popcorn icons
0: and other poems celebrating movies
1: anthology poems celebrating movies it's everything from Citizen Kane to Silence of the Lambs to Ocean andalu and beyond Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: it's a stunning work of poetry and a stunning exploration of cinema all at once you can all of this can be
0: found on our website yep, you can find that on the me for two website on the chat books page and we have physical copies available and also a link to where you can get it as a digital file if that's how you prefer to
1: read things the book itself is really pretty and the cover it, is it, nice it, and it, it
0: is it, yeah and it feels really nice. it so feels good in your nice hands printing. yes so we encourage the physical copies if you want but however you choose to consume your literary material we're all good with that
1: we probably have one more episode of this season and then we will be taking a little season break between this which is season three and season four again our patreon store is slow to fill up but we are working on filling it up and we do appreciate our patreon subscribers
0: if you like what we do it's a great way to just support us, and we're going to throw more goodies up there, I promise.
1: Actually, also look for the Meet for Tea cast on Good Pods. Good mm-hmm. Pods is a really cool site that celebrates indie podcasts, and there's a tip jar.
0: Oh, yeah, there, there's a tip jar. Yeah, we are on Good Pods. That's right. Mm-hmm. Look for us there. Well, super, super, super. Thank you all for coming and visiting and hanging out with us for another episode of the Meet for Tea cast.
1: We look forward to seeing you next time. And I would tell you who our next guest would be. I think it might be Kyle Bastian, whose pen name is Karuna Das. Mm. But I've yet to lock it down. So there's your suspense. You're (laughs) just going to have to be waiting with bated breath.
0: excellent excellent well thanks for joining us and we'll catch you again in a couple weeks the meat for tea cast is produced by elizabeth mcduffie and meat for tea the valley review mixed by mark allen miller at zone lab east hampton massachusetts visit meat for tea at www.meatfortea.com. please consider going to anchor.fm to make a contribution through our contribution page, you can reach us through meet 4 teacast at gmail.com or you can leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash meet We welcome suggestions for our contents for the meet 4 Cast. If you've attended a meet for tea Cirque and want to hear from one of the bands or one of the spoken word contributors, please let us know. All portions are copyrighted Meat for Tea and their respective holders. Vote for Meat for Tea on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at ElizaBeef. Meat for Tea on Instagram. And on the Meat for Tea and Meat for Tea cast Facebook pages. Meat for Tea is available everywhere you get your favorite podcasts.